Greetings, everyone, from Preparing the Way Church in Dallas, Texas. It's really great to be with you today. I'm Pastor Terry Horn, and I'll be sharing my testimony of who I am, how I got to the place we, we are today. I think it's good for people to know where the pastor is coming from, where he's been, and how he got into the ministry that God's called him to. Hopefully, through this testimony, everyone can better understand our ministry, our calling. Uh, we're beginning a new internet radio station, and... Um, this is the first broadcast that we're doing, and so I felt it was important to kind of introduce who we are, where I came from, uh, a bit of my testimony growing up, how I came to the Lord, how we started the church, and the purpose of our ministry. So hopefully through this testimony, you'll be able to get a better understanding of Preparing the Way Church and of me as pastor, and uh, hopefully it will help uh, help you in your walk with the Lord. So uh, I grew up in Arkansas. Um, I grew up in church. My my dad was a Methodist. My mom was a Baptist. We went to the Baptist church uh, when I was a child and growing up all the way through through high school. And uh, growing up in the 50s, uh, I learned the value of discipline. Things were a little different then than they are now, possibly. I learned obedience to my parents. Um, and as I got saved and began to walk with the Lord, I really understood the value of the discipline in which I was raised. Um, at the time, I didn't really like it too much, and sometimes I rebelled a little bit, but in general, I would say that I pretty well obeyed my parents and obeyed those that were in authority over me. Uh, that's the way I was taught. I uh, always had strong authority over me. The teachers I had, even starting in grade school, all the way up through junior high and high school, were very strong teachers. They had strong character. We had very strict and strong discipline in the school back in those days. And uh, I see that God was using that to train me for what I am doing today, which at that time I never knew I'd be a pastor. And honestly, it was probably the farthest thing from my mind. Uh, I grew up in sports. Uh, my dad was a really good uh, athlete. He had a, a full scholarship on baseball, basketball, and football uh, to go to college, but he turned it down and didn't do it. And um, because he didn't go to college, he really wanted me to have a good education. So he began to train me early in life to prepare me to go to school. Um, when I was about uh, 12 years old in the seventh grade, my dad took me aside and said, you're going to play basketball on the, high on the high school team or the junior high team. And I said, no, I don't want to play basketball. I don't know anything about it. Uh, I'm not very good. Uh, I don't like to wear short pants. And I was kind of uh, self-conscious about that because I had had a bad case of chicken pox when I was little and I had scars on my legs. So I was self-conscious and didn't want to be out uh, really in the public arena where people could see that. So I said, no, I'm not going to play. And uh, he said, yeah, you're going to play. And I said, no, I'm not. So I wound up playing. And um, at the time, I really hated it. I didn't want to play. I didn't know anything about the, the game. And I was the worst one on the team. And I didn't make the team till the end of the year, the last game of the year, I finally made the basketball team. And uh, I was the 25th man on the team. And we dressed out 25 kids from the, seventh grade through the ninth grade, the uniform didn't even match. And I wore one of the old uniforms from probably the 1920s or 30s. And uh, I finally got in the game and actually made a basket, even made a free shot. And, uh, but I was the last man on the team. And, uh, but the next year, uh, in the eighth grade, I started. And the ninth grade year, um, we started. I started uh, on the first team, and we won 32 games in a row, went to the state championship, and won the state championship. Uh, I made all-state. And then I played all the way through high school and 
got a college scholarship to go to Arkansas Tech uh, University in Russellville, Arkansas. So my dad made me play basketball. Had I not played, I probably wouldn't even have gone to school. I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today because I learned uh, to do something that was very difficult for me at the time. And I learned the value of authority making me do something that I didn't want to do, I didn't like to do, and was not good at. But my father made me do it because he knew I needed to. So at the time, I didn't really realize how valuable that was. But today, I, I really see the value of the authorities in my life making me do the things that typically I wouldn't do, typically a lot of young people wouldn't do. So I got a college scholarship and was able to go to, to school and graduate on a, on a scholarship. Another thing that he did for me was when I was a teenager, he made me work in the oil fields, which was very, very hard work. And he did that to make me understand the value of hard work and to encourage me to go to school instead of having to work uh, really hard for not much money. Later on, um, when I was probably in my 40s, my dad told me that he went to the company that I was working for, told them to give me the dirtiest, nastiest, hardest job they could find and work me to death. And that first day on the job, I thought I was going to die. My father told me that the reason he did that was because he wanted me to see um, the value of hard work and that I would make the decision to go into college instead of having to work uh, like that the rest of my life. I think I made a dollar twenty-five an hour uh, back then. It was in around nineteen sixty-three or four. So, uh, so my dad again <clears throat> made me do some things I didn't want to do, and that tough discipline in my life uh, prepared me for. The future prepared me for the ministry. When I was in college, my basketball coaches were very tough, very regimented, very disciplined. Also, in high school, my, my coach, one of my coaches was very uh, strong authority. You couldn't get away with anything. And then later on, I had another coach, and he was not nearly as di uh, a disciplinarian like my first coach. And I got away with a lot of things. And I would have probably been a lot better basketball player had the coach uh, been a lot stronger. So from all this, looking back, I learned that it was really important in my life for me to have strong discipline. And I think that's why God put that in my life is because I would probably have gotten away with a lot of things and would not have uh, been as submissive as I should have been, uh, except for having that strong authority. So <clears throat> in my whole life, I've always had very strong authority, uh, except for that one time, and it wasn't good for me. So uh, I went to, to college, uh, graduated, and uh, I went to work at Texas Instruments. Uh, when I was in basketball in high school, I was on the very bottom. I learned what it was like to start at the bottom, be the worst person uh, ability-wise on the team, and then work my way into uh, a place where I was at the top. So when I went to work for Texas Instruments, um, I hired in as a computer programmer with 50 other people from all over the country. It was a new program. I was the only one out of the 50 that did not have a computer science background, had a math background. And I knew nothing about computers, and I started at the very bottom. I was uh, the worst of the 50. Uh, I didn't even think that I was going to make it through the class. It was a three-month school. And after that, we had to interview throughout the company for job positions, and nobody really wanted me because I didn't know anything. And finally, one company uh, took, uh, one department took an uh, interest in me, and they hired me. I don't know why, because I didn't know anything. But uh, when I was there, I was put underneath a really strong Christian, and I wasn't at the time, even though I'd gone to church, but I really didn't know the Lord. But I was put underneath this man, and he taught me everything I knew, I learned about uh, computer programming. And I was uh, the worst programmer there when I got there. And in three years, I went from being the worst to having uh, my own computer programming group. 
and becoming a manager. And then I was sent to Canada to, to do some work there and conduct uh, some uh, computer programming work there in Canada. So I started on the bottom there at TI and worked myself into a um, position as a manager. So the Lord has taught me a lot through starting on the bottom. And I, I think it's important to, uh, to start there and see what it's like uh, to go from the bottom and to a place of a higher position. And uh, so I'm very thankful for that. And I'm thankful that my, my parents uh, and my coaches and my teachers uh, instilled that discipline into me to work hard. So um, um, I worked for TI for a while and then I met my wife. Uh, like I said, at the time, I really wasn't a Christian, even though I'd gone to uh, church, but I really didn't know the Lord. I made a profession of faith at the age of 12, like most kids did back in those days, but I didn't know God. And uh, when I went to college, I um, kind of got away from anything that was uh, uh, of the Lord and I began to do to drink and do things like that that you do sometimes as, a, as an athlete. And uh, when I got into Dallas and started working here, I visited all the bars in Dallas and actually met my wife in a bar. We met in a bar. And, uh, and we both w- were from Christian backgrounds. In fact, her grandfather was a pastor. And um, we... Um, decided to get married, and uh, both of us were not uh, in any way living for the Lord. I I didn't want anything to do with God or anything to do with the church. And we were married for about five years, and the marriage was not going very well. In fact, it was probably pretty close to divorce. And uh, my wife got pregnant, and uh, we had a, a little girl. Her name is Leslie, and today she and her husband are the youth pastors of her church. But she was born, and um, after she was born, the Lord started working with my wife. And um, he just started convicting her and dealing with her, and she gave her life to the Lord right after my daughter Leslie was born. And, uh, of course, I didn't really like this. She started going to church uh, in Plano, where we were living at the time, uh, and she uh, she took my daughter to church, and... Uh, I wasn't too happy about that. And I said, man, I don't want anything to do with that. If you want to do it, that's fine. But I, I don't want anything to do with it. So we were probably even further apart at that point. But she would go and another lady was with her and they would pray for me. And uh, they prayed and prayed. And uh, one day they asked me to go to church and I decided, okay, I'm going to go to church with you. So I went to church and I got there. And uh, after it was over, I said, yeah, it's just like it was when I was growing up. It's, it's the same old stuff. I don't want anything to do with that. Just, just leave me alone. And well, um, uh, uh, we'll go our separate ways. You do what you want to do. I'll do what I want to do. And uh, <clears throat> she was continued to pray. And then my daughter, at the age of one years old, just before she turned one, uh, she got sick. And she was in a hospital at uh, Children's Medical Center in uh, in Dallas. And uh, they couldn't find out what was wrong with her. In fact, she was not able to breathe. And she was basically suffocating. And at that time, the Lord began to work with me. And uh, I... I was very tender-hearted towards my daughter. Uh, towards many other things, I was pretty hard-hearted, but my daughter had a special place in my heart, and so I really began to get fearful. I thought she was going to die, and um, so while she was in church, I or while she was in the hospital, um, I would go and visit, and um, and then while I was there, I had to go to uh, the bathroom one day, and I went into this restroom, and someone had left a verse of scripture on the lavatory. It was Romans 6.23, which I had heard that scripture growing up. It said, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And when I read that scripture, I heard the Lord for the first time in my life, even though I'd gone to church. 
but I heard the Lord and he said, if you don't repent, you're going to go to hell. That was it. There wasn't anything like I have a wonderful plan for your life and everything's going to be great. He said, if you don't repent, you're going to go to hell. And it's, it really shook me up and, uh, it scared me. It almost knocked me down. It was so strong. And, uh, that night I went home and while I was home, uh, there was a lady from the church who was a good friend of my wife's and been praying for me. And she and two other young ladies came to see me and said, the Lord uh, told them to come see me. So I thought, wow, this is pretty weird. Uh, and then I told them what had happened. And, uh, they said, do you want to get saved? And I, I knew in my heart that if I said no, that I would probably never get saved. So I said, yeah, I really do. I want to, I want to change. And at that time I drank all the time. I drank scotch and chased it with beer and, uh, it was just cursing and just pretty evil, pretty bad, uh, mean spirited. So <clears throat> I said, sure, let's, I do. And so we prayed and they said, are you saved? And I said, well, I don't know. And she said, what do you mean you don't know? I said, well, I don't know. I don't feel any different. Nothing, nothing changes. And so I, uh, I I'm not going to say I'm saved if I don't know I'm saved. So I don't know. So, and so for two hours, we, we went round and round on scripture after scripture. And you believe this, you believe that? Yeah, I believe that. She said, what are you saved? I said, well, I don't know. She tried to call the pastor and she couldn't get in touch with him. And this is because God wanted me to hear him. He wanted personally to, to connect with me, not through someone else. And uh, so for two hours we went on and finally I read a scripture in first John and it says, he that does not believe the record that God has given of his son has called him a liar. And when I read that scripture, the Lord spoke to me again. He said, you don't really believe me. You're calling me a liar because you don't believe my word. You say you believe, but you really don't. And for the first time I really realized that I never really believed God. And so when you realize you don't believe, then it's easy to believe. So I thought I kind of believed, but I really didn't. So all of a sudden the lights came on and I, I received the Lord and then I heard something in my spirit and it said, uh, well, this is easy. All you have to do is believe you can do what you want and go to heaven. And I thought, wow, that's pretty good. I like that. Then the next voice I heard in my mind was pour out all your alcohol, pour out all your booze. And I thought, oh man, this is tough. So I went into the kitchen sink and poured out all my alcohol. And I'm thinking, man, I'm going to hate myself in the morning. And, um, I, uh, I got up the next day. My profanity was gone. Had no, no more curse, cursing. Um, the desire for the alcohol was gone and I went to work and I was totally different. Everybody said, what happened to you? You don't even look the same or sound the same. And I told them, I, well, I got saved and, uh, lost every friend I had after that. I had guys that I played ball with, uh, uh every one of them forsook me. Basically everybody I knew that was a friend, uh, I lost, I lost them as friends. And, um, I tried to drink one more time just before Thanksgiving that year. And, uh, I got sick, almost had a wreck. And I never touched it again. And that was in 1978. So the Lord delivered me from alcohol, from profanity, just from being basically pretty mean. And then um, I started going to church and I would go on Sunday morning to the church. And then the lady that led me to the Lord, she started kind of trying to disciple me. And she said, well, now that you're going to church in the morning, you need to go to Sunday school. And I said, you mean I got to go two times? And she said, yeah, you need to go to Sunday school. So I went to Sunday school. So I was going to Sunday school and then church. Then she said, well, you need to go Sunday night. And I said, you mean I can go three times on the Sunday? She said, yeah. So I started going Sunday night. And then she said, well, you need to go Wednesday night. So I went from not going to church to going like four times a week. So um, I, I went all the time. I got involved. Um, and uh, I was going uh, uh, into some of serving in the church, uh, doing different things in the church and getting really involved. And um, that went on in that particular church for about five years. And then as I began to study the word, I began to see things that, uh, that were not being taught, nothing against the church or the pastor or anything, but 
um, they were not teaching some of the things that I was beginning to to learn as I studied the Word, and I began to see the things about the Spirit and the baptism in the Spirit and and uh, healing and deliverance and all those things, and that's what I wanted. So um, I prayed and I prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then one night I was putting my daughter Leslie to bed. She was about five years old at this time, and uh, as I was praying, uh, the Lord began to move. I could feel like electricity in my feet, and um, it started going up my legs, and I said, wow, I said, if I keep praying here, uh, I'm, I'm going to start speaking in tongues, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, yeah, that's right, and I said, well, if I, if I speak in tongues, they're going to kick me out of the church, and he said, yeah, that's right, and I said, well, if I speak in tongues, my family's going to think I'm crazy, and he said, that's right, and I said, well, I love you more than I, I love my family, more than I love the church, so whatever, and the next thing I knew, I started speaking in tongues there in the bedroom, uh, praying with my daughter, and she thought some, I was kidding with her, and she said, Dad, you're teasing me. You're teasing me. But I, all I could do was pray in tongues, and I was running around the house. Uh, I'd never done that before. My whole family thought I was crazy, and it really freaked them out. So that's how I got baptized in the Spirit. And uh, after that, it uh, kind of uh, did me in as far as going to that particular church because they didn't believe in that. So I began looking for another church, and I found, found one that was a charismatic church, and uh, I began going there, and then eventually uh, I left the church I was in to start going in a little bit different direction. And uh, while I was going to that church, it was in another city that was quite a, quite a ways away from where I was living at the time, and the Lord put it in my heart to go there to learn how to pray. So I put my house on the market and said, we're moving. I'm going to follow the Lord. We're going to this, this city. I'm going to go to this church. So uh, I, I put the house on the market, and then I started getting afraid uh, it was going to cost me three times more money to buy another house. Uh, the value of my house had tripled over the time since I had bought it. My distance to work was going to be three times further. So everything in the natural was uh, kind of against me moving. And I was about ready to take the house off the market. I got afraid. And the day I got ready to take the house off the market, it sold. And so I knew that was the Lord saying, no, you got to you got to move. So I moved and started getting involved in the church, and I was uh, worked with the youth and became uh, a cell group leader and, and, and did ministry and, and, and all of those things. And then while I was there, the Lord spoke to me. And this word is what brought me to where we are today. And it was in 1985 that I got this word. And the word was exactly this, prepare the way of the Lord. My coming is near six years of preparation. And I had no idea what that meant, uh, I knew the prepare the way of the Lord was the John the Baptist ministry. So I knew about that. And I said, well, Lord, I don't, want the, I don't want the John the Baptist ministry because he didn't do any miracles. He didn't do anything other than preach, and he got his head chopped off. So I want to do the Jesus ministry. I want to cast out demons and heal people, and I don't want anything to do with the John the Baptist ministry. And so then he said six years of preparation. And uh, he said, prepare the way of the Lord. My coming is near six years of preparation. I knew that he wasn't saying he's coming in six years because I know at the time, I knew at the time, no one knows when the Lord is coming. But I didn't know what the coming of the Lord is near meant. I didn't know what the six years of preparation meant. So uh, so that was uh, really a strange, strange word. And But that word kept me going for a long time. So I was in the other church, and finally the Lord uh, had me leave for, for whatever reason, different reasons, but he had to teach me some things. And... Some people learn from others, like Joshua learned from Moses, Timothy learned from Paul, Elisha learned from Elijah. But some people God teaches directly. Why he does that, I don't know. He taught Moses, he taught Elijah, uh, he taught Paul. Uh, and that's what happened with me. He taught me directly everything that I learned. I learned a lot 
through the pastors and the churches. But from this point on, he began to teach me. So I went through um, about 10 years of being out of church. I was kind of disillusioned with church at the time. And uh, this is when the Lord started speaking to me about deliverance. And uh, about 1999, I'm guessing is when it was, the um, the Lord uh, began to uh, put this desire for deliverance. And I did a lot of studying in the word. And uh, eventually I began to get into the deliverance ministry as I was praying for a young man. One time the demons manifested and uh, that's how I got into the deliverance ministry. Uh, it just came up and I started praying and then the demons started coming out. So it was something that just happened. Uh, just the Lord did it. And then I was in the, the middle of, of learning about deliverance for six years, the Lord took me through an intensive training program, actually day and night. I prayed for people to two, three in the morning. And I was in the the middle of the, the training time and I saw the pages on a book and the pages were number 51 through 56 and there was nothing written on them. And uh, I said, Lord, have I not done anything for you? Is nothing happening? Have I, have I been doing all this for nothing? And the Lord showed me that was the six years I was I was about 53 years old. I was right in the middle of the six-year preparation time. So the Lord showed me what that that word meant, that prepare the way of the Lord. My coming is near six years of preparation. I was in the middle of six years of preparing and learning how to do deliverance. And as I would get people to repent, get them to confess, forgive, I was preparing the way, and then the Lord would come, and he would deliver the people. So that's what you have to do in deliverance ministry is prepare the way of the Lord, the John the Baptist ministry, through confession, repentance, forgiveness, getting to the roots, and then uh, the right for the demonic is removed, and then you can cast the demons out. So that's what I learned. It took six years of training to do that. So uh, I continued in home Bible studies, home church for about 10 years. We, we met and uh, doing deliverance all over for for people uh, in the United States, also doing some in Mexico. And uh, most people, as far as the, the churches, did not receive this very well. I uh, suffered quite a bit of rejection uh, doing the deliverance ministry. Uh, when I left the first church, I lost every friend I had in that church. And then when I started doing deliverance, not very many people wanted to, to be around me then. So I've gotten used to losing people as you go on with the Lord. It's something that happens. And if you're going to go on with the Lord, you leave some people behind, but God always gives you more. And uh, he always, he never uh, is going to be in debt to you. So I have more now than I ever had before. And in fact, one day I was driving to work when I was working at TI and the Lord spoke to me and said, I'm going to give you houses, homes, lands, and peoples. And I said, why are you going to do that, Lord? He said, because you left everything for me and came here to this place to learn. So I'm going to give it back to you. And he did. I've got people all over the world now in Central America, South America, Mexico, uh, many, many people and many homes and many churches that we go to. So everything that he's spoken to me, he has fulfilled it. So, uh, so I was still going to church, to church, and uh, I went back to church after about 10 years. But like I said, it wasn't the ministry wasn't received that well. And I was in an Anglo churches at the time and really not in with the Hispanic people. And uh, so in 2007, I sold my business. I was in the foundation repair business. And I sold my business. After I did, the Lord spoke to me to build a ministry facility on my property. I, uh, I built a... Uh, something like a house and a ministry facility all in one out of a horse barn that I had had, and I had horses at one time. And so that building became a 3,000-square-foot ministry facility. And in 2008, I started uh, a little Bible school, and I had about 30 to 40 people that would come to that school every uh, every Saturday evening. 
and uh, we would uh, we would teach and uh, and the word. And I had uh, uh, Hispanic people would come, and so I had some Hispanic people that came, and I started getting really connected to the Hispanic community. So that went on from January of two thousand eight to the end of May, and everybody received it really well. And I said, "Well, that's the end of the school. Let's let's stop." And um, the people said, "No, we want uh, we want more. We want more." And I said, "Well, I really hadn't planned on doing more." And they actually kind of wanted a church, and I said, "Well, that's the last thing I want to do. I don't want to start a church, and I don't want to be a pastor. So I'm just a teacher, and I do deliverance, but that's it." So I said, "Well, Lord, if if that's really something you want to do, I'm going to give it three months." So I sent out an email to people I knew, and I said, "We're starting meetings on Saturday evening, and uh, we're going to have uh, uh, services. And if you want to come, come." You know, and I left it at that, and I thought, "Well, nobody's going to probably show up." And the first night we had about sixty people. So I said, "Wow, I guess maybe this is the Lord." I said, "I'll give it three months. If it's still going and working, then we'll we'll assume it's the Lord." So I went for three months, and uh, it continued to grow, and then uh, I started uh, Sunday morning, every other Sunday, I started a uh, bilingual service. And uh, so I'd have bilingual service every other Sunday, and then every Saturday night I'd have services. And that went on to the end of the year, and in January, the end of January, 1st of February of 2009, we started meeting in Oak Cliff. Dr. Velez, one of my elders and one of my best friends, uh, opened a pediatrics clinic in Oak Cliff and set aside 3,000 square feet for uh, a church. And so we began to start a bilingual church in around February of 2009 in Oak Cliff. And I was doing the Anglo church on Saturday night in Rockwall. And so we did that for for a year or two, but it kind of wore me out. And then the Lord uh, really spoke to me and said, you got a divided house, you need to choose one. And uh, I felt like the Lord said, the, the one in Oak Cliff, the Hispanic church, bilingual church is... Uh, it's a place that uh, he wanted me to go. So we closed the one in Rockwall and began just to meet in Oak Cliff. And we were in the pediatrics clinic for four years. And see, during that time, we felt like we needed to buy a church, but we didn't have the money. We didn't know where it was, uh, where to find one. We knew it was, it's, it's, it was going to be expensive. And uh, we thought maybe we'll build one on some land. We found some land, thought that was the place. And the Exactly the time we found it and wanted to buy it, somebody else bought it out from under it. So obviously that wasn't the plan of the Lord. And then uh, after four years, we found a facility on uh, Hampton and Jefferson, which is where we are now. And uh, we, we were able to get a loan, which was a miracle that they would even loan us the money. And we had to put half down. And in six months, we paid off the entire church uh, because of uh, God blessing Dr. Velez. Uh, he sold his business and tithed off of the business. And we were able to pay off the whole church, and we're debt-free now. So learning to start from the bottom, like I did in different things in sports, and then uh, TI when I was working there, also in my business, I uh, did a foundation repair business. I knew nothing about that business. I was uh, just totally uh, knew nothing about construction, and I started on the bottom and turned it into a successful business for 20 years. And so now then in church, I started on the bottom again. I never had been a pastor and not trained, been trained to be a pastor, but the Lord had been training me all those years uh, in ministry, uh, in deliverance, in the churches I'd been in. So he prepared me for a long time uh, to be a pastor. When I was at Texas Instruments, I failed to mention this. Uh, I had a really strong authority right after I got saved, I, or right, just before I got saved. I was put under a very strong uh, authority figure. He had a really bad language, very, very harsh and very tough to work for. And uh, I really uh, didn't want to be there, but the Lord made me stay there for eight years. 
And it was through this man that I was made to do presentations in front of the corporate officers of the company. And I was scared to death to speak in public. I never liked it, never wanted to stand up in front of people, but I was made to do that by this boss I had. So God had all this planned out uh, without me knowing it because I didn't know I was going to be a pastor. So he made me stay there eight years. This man made me make public presentations every month, and it scared me to death. I hated every minute of it, but God was preparing me. So you can see the need for authority here. You can see the need for discipline. And sometimes um, many of us have to have very strong discipline to get us to the place that God wants us. Had I not had that, I would not have been able to do what I'm doing today because being in the ministry, being a pastor, especially in deliverance, you have to really uh, be very disciplined. You have to work long, hard hours. Uh, You have to fight uh, spiritually and even sometimes in your flesh too. And so uh, God had prepared me for all of that. And thank God for all the people in my life that were uh, disciplinarians and that made me do the things that I didn't want to do. So that was preparation for me to uh, to be in the ministry. So our ministry now goes all over the world. Oh, we go into Mexico. We have a lot of churches in Mexico and to uh, Central America. Uh, we go to um, the Dominican Republic and Haiti. Uh, we've been in Guatemala. We've been in Venezuela, in Colombia, uh, many, many different places, El Salvador. Uh, we have plans of possibly going to Nicaragua, also into Europe. I've been in France, but we have plans to go into Europe maybe next year in Africa. So the Lord has taken me from just uh, practically nothing to a worldwide ministry, and it's really just uh, the grace of the Lord, nothing to do with me or who I am or what I am, because I know that I'm nothing but the Lord can can do things with you if you just uh, submit yourself. And if you don't quit, you don't give up. And if you push through. So the Lord has done that. He's given us a, a great ministry. And we've been able to help a lot of people. When we started the church, we, we had very few people that, that were necessarily called or anointed. And then God began to work in our people and raise up people from our church and then send us people. Now we have a tremendous worship team, great worship team. We have a missions ministry. We have a tremendous sound and media uh, ministry. We broadcast our services live through the internet, on YouTube, on Facebook, through our website. We're getting ready. This is the first step in an internet radio station. So the things that the Lord has done with us is uh, really, really been amazing. Uh, we went from, from a little barn in uh, on my property to now we have a, a church right in the middle of uh, Oak Cliff, so it's quite an amazing thing that the Lord has done with us and what he's allowed us to do. So I'm very thankful for that. And uh, I just wanted to give you all a little bit of a, an idea of where I've come from, uh, where our church is about. Deliverance is a big part of our church. Um, it's not everything, but it is very important. Uh, we have a youth ministry. My daughter and her husband are the youth pastors. And uh, we have a really great youth ministry, our children's ministry, Alvaro and Sarette Aparicio are, are head of our uh, children's ministry, and they do uh, a great job there. We have about a, close to 100 children. So uh, we've gone from practically nothing to, for me, what I consider to be pretty big for us, uh, that God's given us a good facility. He's given us good people. He's given us great ministers. Um, we have a tremendous media and sound ministry. Sam Pineda and Daniel Ortega. 
Daniel and Judy uh, Ortega are also our worship ministers. So we've just got so many uh, wonderful people here that do such a great job, very anointed people. We have great teachers uh, that teach here. Uh, I have many, many leaders that uh, we call it Jethro, the Jethro group, and they're leaders uh, with people under them, and they minister, minister deliverance. We have a lot of people that know how to do deliverance. So uh, God has, has really blessed us. So this is just an introduction to who we are. We'll be every week bringing a word of some sort that I will be doing uh, that will hopefully help you. And so hopefully you will turn in, tune in, I'm sorry, tune in and listen to uh, what God is speaking to us. And hopefully this will help you and minister to you and you will receive something, something special. So God bless you. And it's been great uh, speaking with you today.